Well, amen. Turn with me, please, as we turn to the gospel message this evening, to the gospel of John. The gospel of John, please, in the chapter 9. I would like to speak to you this evening under the title, Seeing is Believing. Seeing is Believing. And we're turning to the gospel of John and the chapter 9, and we'll take time to read quite a few verses in this passage. We will consider the whole chapter, but we won't read it all at the very beginning. We'll just take it as it comes. But let's read some of these verses to get a context of what we're looking at. And here we're thinking about that title, Seeing is Believing. And this is the word of the Lord. And it reads, And Jesus, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of his spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is this not he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay. And anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and I do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, they said, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them. They say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He, he said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say, who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, 
he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man, speaking again of the Lord Jesus, is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I say. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. We'll take time to consider some of these verses further on down the chapter, but we'll leave it there for now. Seeing is believing. Let's come before the Lord and pray as we have our Bibles open on our laps. Our God and our Father, we thank thee for the word of God. We thank you that the greatest message of the written word is the incarnate word, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this evening as we come again to proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ, we stand with the Apostle Paul and we say we preach Christ crucified. It is our desire tonight that we would see Jesus. Lord, we would ask that you would open blind eyes tonight for the very first time. We would ask that by your Spirit you would move in our gathering. We would ask that we would know your presence very near. Father, I, your servant, am in great need of your help tonight. So, Father, I ask that by your Spirit you would fill me afresh once more. And, Father, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross of Christ, that our experience here would be tonight that we see no one, save Jesus only. Father, do your work in this place tonight. Move, we pray. Speak to our hearts just now. We ask this in the Saviour's name. Amen. Let's make our text this evening, uh, verses 24 and 25 that we've read together. Then again called they the religious leaders, the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man, again referring to Christ, they're speaking of as a sinner. Terrible accusation. But verse 25 says, He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I say, I was blind, but now I see. As we consider God's word this evening and what it says to us through John chapter 9, and as we go through, I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to ask it in your own heart. I don't want you to think about everybody else around you. As I preach the gospel message tonight, it's between you and God. And I want you to ask this question, do I have eyes to see? I want you to ask yourself that question as we go through. Do I have eyes to see? You see, I want you to firstly see this evening the condition of the blind man. We see in verse 1 it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth. Can you see the condition of the man? He was blind at birth. His birth. His birth, we can think of, according to the NHS website, almost two million people are living with sight loss in the United Kingdom. And there are currently 340,000 registered as blind or partially sighted. And the man, according to scripture, was completely blind from birth. He had never seen the beauty of God's creation or the faces of his loved ones. 
But dear friends, this evening I must tell you tonight there's a blindness that's far worse than having sightless eyes. You see, this blind man is the greatest spiritual illustration of everyone who hasn't come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their own and personal saviour. Because we may not have been born physically blind, but all of us have been born spiritually blind. At the 1938 Empire Exhibition held in Bella Houston Park in Glasgow, many groups of Christians combined to make the gospel known to a large number of visitors at the exhibition. And one of the spheres of witness was a stand in the Royal Mile where Bibles and New Testaments and portions of Scripture were displayed. And in a large window that was in one of the stands, there was an open Bible And it was opened at John chapter 8 verse 12 where the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. And underneath the Bible text was printed these words, the only way out of the dark. Can I ask you a question this evening? Are you in spiritual darkness? Are you spiritually blind? Are you still choosing after hearing the gospel many times to be ignorant concerning your sin? and concerning your soul, and concerning God, and concerning eternity, concerning heaven and hell. I wonder this evening, do you need to be enlightened? The light of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder what darkness consumes your light this evening. Maybe it's the guilt of past mistakes. Maybe you feel trapped tonight, and you feel that there's no way out from the way that you're living. Well, the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to dispel the darkness in your life this evening. You see, in John chapter 8, verse 12, the Lord Jesus had declared by his word that he was the light of the world. And then we come to our passage this evening and we see a man who has never seen the light of day and then in his blindness, light had never entered his eyes. But for the first time he was going to see and light would enter through his eyes. And the Lord Jesus was going to prove that he's a man of his word. The Bible says thy word is truth. And every word that proceeded from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ was and is absolute truth. In chapter 8 he said by his word, that he's the light of the world. In chapter 9, the Savior proceeds proceeds to demonstrate that he is the light of the world by his works. He shows and he proves that he is the light of the world. These days you get many people who tell you what they're going to do, don't you? But then they just let you down. I wonder, do you know someone like that? Not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. In scripture he proves over and over and over again that he is the word of truth. That what he says he will do. And those who come to him for salvation, the Bible tells us he will in no wise cast out. Dear unconverted friend, without the light of the world in your life you're headed for eternal darkness. You're headed for the place the Bible calls hell. It's the place of eternal separation from God. I want to tell you something. You think of the worst thing that you can think of in this life. I'll tell you, hell is far worse. Far worse. And once a soul enters hell, it never leaves. And there's no more chances in that place of eternal darkness. God is calling you tonight to his great salvation. And dear friend, I plead with you, be on time and don't be late. 
Come to the Savior while he's calling you. Come to the Savior while he's here. You know, it's very interesting in the first verse of our passage this evening. It says, and as Jesus passed by. Dear friend, the Savior is passing by this evening. And he's ready and willing to save your soul. The light of the world by his spirit is present in our gathering this evening. And he is ready to save your soul. Listen to the words from the lips of God incarnate tonight. As the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. See the actions of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as he brings sight to a blind man. I wonder, do you have eyes to see? And behold the beauty of the Lord Jesus. Do you have eyes to see that he's the only saviour from sin? Do you have eyes to see that he's the only one who can dispel the darkness in your life? Seeing is believing, dear friend. Can you see the beauty of the Saviour as he reaches out to you this evening? You're found in this place for a reason. He knew you would be here and you're hearing the gospel message. I wonder, will you take the step of faith from the very beginning of his life? This blind man, he was blind and he had this physical disability. And from the very beginning, you and I were born sinners with sinful and selfish natures. Unless we come to understand and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll never see the kingdom of God. We're born with a sinful nature. In Romans 5 verse 12 we read, Sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way death came to all people. We're all sinners. We all share the same condemnation. Scripture even says that children have a sinful nature. It says folly is bound up in the heart of the child in Proverbs 22.15. David says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Can you see the blind man's condition, his birth? But I want you to see his begging as well. His begging. The man was unable to find employment and as a result he was reduced to begging for food and for money. And this was a pitiful state in which to be. This was no rich man. This is a picture of absolute poverty. And spiritually speaking, that's your position in Christ this evening. Absolute poverty. Without Christ as your saviour, you're hopelessly bankrupt. Men try to satisfy the spiritual itch that resides in the soul in many ways. They seek it through drugs, through alcohol, through immorality, through money, through business, through many other things. But true spiritual peace is only found in Jesus Christ. He endured poverty that you and I might be rich in him. He endured great spiritual as well as physical poverty so that you and I might enjoy the riches of the Lord's blessings, salvation, eternal life, heaven, the spirit of God dwelling within, part of the family of God. What spiritual blessings await for you if you would only come to Christ. And this man before Christ met him, he was above all men, he was miserable. And I wonder, could it be that you're miserable in your sin tonight? Your sin could cause you great misery. It leaves you completely lost and undone. And maybe you don't feel uh, that there's a way out of the darkness and you're blind in your knee. I wonder, have you ever gone into a room? Maybe you sit here tonight and you think, well, Peter, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm grand. I don't need to worry about this sin that you're talking about. Well, I wonder, have you ever gone into a room in your home thinking it was perfectly clean and you pulled open the blinds and the sun came streaming in the window and you noticed the top of your furniture was so thick with dust that you could write your name on it. And it was the light that showed it up. You see, until Christ shines his light in your life, 
and illuminates your darkened mind, you might think you're all right, but you're not. I wonder, do you have eyes to see? See the condition of the blind man, blind from birth. See his begging. But I also want you to see in our passage this evening the confusion of the neighbours. Come with me to verse 8. Come with me to verse 8. It says, The neighbours therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. The healing of the blind man understandably caused a stir among his neighbours and all around him had known him previously as the blind beggar. And you can sense the commotion in the passage. The neighbors tried to figure out what was, ha- as the neighbors tried to figure out what was happening, this transformation was so sensational, and they were just saying in confusion, is this not the one who used to sit and beg? And some thought it was the man, others thought it wasn't the man, and they're all having this conversation, and the people find it easier to believe in a mistaken identity than a miraculous healing. You see, there was a miracle standing right in front of the neighbors. The blind man could now see. And the Lord Jesus Christ had done it. And they didn't get it. Did the people, did the neighbors have eyes to see? They were blind. And they missed the miracle that was standing right in front of them. Dear friend, tonight. Are you like the neighbours who missed the miracle? Maybe you've seen the miracle of salvation happening in others' lives. A husband, a wife, a daughter, a son, a friend, a work colleague. And the miracle of salvation, it's happened right in front of you, and yet you've missed the miracle that could happen in your own life. In this local church, we've seen the miracle of salvation happen over the past year, and praise God. And we've heard how the light of salvation has entered many souls in Ballybean as we've prayerfully watched on. And you've heard of these and you've been told of these. And dear friend, have you heard and seen the miracle of salvation, but you're missing out on it for yourself? The Lord Jesus, he wants to open your eyes tonight and shed the light of his salvation on your soul. Will you open your heart to him? Will you open your eyes? Will you open your blind eyes and see what the Lord offers you? Or you keep staying in your sin and your blindness on the road to a lost eternity. You see, even at this stage, the blind man hadn't had been healed physically, but he hadn't been saved spiritually. I want you to note that when the people asked how his eyes had been opened, in verse 11, he's answering and he's only saying, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes. At this stage, Jesus was just a man who had healed his eyes. Dear friend, don't be confused here like the neighbours. Don't be confused as to who Jesus is. Don't miss the miracle of salvation for your life. The Lord, he is God. And he's the only way of salvation. He's the only one who can assure you of heaven tonight. Oh, we've seen the condition of the blind man. We can see the confusion of the neighbours, but I want you to see next the condemnation of the Pharisees. 
the condemnation of the Pharisees. You see, what happens is the neighbors are finished with him. They're left confused. And then the next thing is they, they take the man to the Pharisees. Look at verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The people, they've brought the man. And the man, the, the, the Pharisees are more concerned with religion and their religious traditions and they were concerned that the Lord Jesus has broken the Sabbath and what they don't realize is that they're accusing the Lord of the Sabbath of breaking that day and that word Sabbath it simply means rest and the Lord Jesus he is the Lord of the Sabbath and he's the only one who can bring eternal rest and the Pharisees they condemned the Lord Jesus and you can see throughout the passage that they called the God of eternity a sinner tragic and they were steeped in their religious tradition and they were blinded by their religious tradition Pharisees do you have eyes to see well the answer is no they were blinded by their religion I wonder dear friend are you blinded by religious tradition oh but Peter I've been a long standing Baptist for many years I've attended faithfully I give often and generously. Oh, but dear friend, don't depend on the Baptist church to get you to heaven because I want to tell you something tonight. The Baptist church will condemn you to hell. It's not the Baptist church that saves. You could be the most faithful attender of this church fellowship, but don't depend on a denomination to take you to heaven. Don't be blinded by religiously coming out to the meetings because it will take you to a lost eternity. Dear friend, the Lord Jesus is the only one who can guarantee you a home in heaven. He left his eternal home to go to the cross of Calvary and there he shed his royal ruby blood to pay the price for your sin. Don't be blinded by religious tradition. You know, I believe, and this terrifies me, I believe that there are people across our province who sit in church pews and they think they're saved because they prayed some words when they were younger with no conviction. And they've attended church all their life and that's it. Please. I plead with you this evening, please don't let religious tradition lead you to hell. I plead with you and I love you in Christ tonight. I plead with you. Make sure that you're saved. Make sure that you're placing your whole faith and trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ did at Calvary. Don't place your trust in just coming along to this place because it will never work. Oh dear friend, I plead with you tonight. Make sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your saviour. I'm not here to make anyone doubt their salvation. That's not what I'm about. But it does scare me that there's many people who sit in pews and they think that's it. Dear friend, make sure you're saved. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been alone to this church many, many times. And you've heard God speak to your heart many, many times. Maybe even a tear has been shed as you've listened to the gospel message. And yet you've hardened your heart. Oh, dear friend, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You know, at this stage, the blind man, as the religious leaders question him, the blind man, as he's starting to understand a little bit of what's happened, he says to the religious leaders, he's a prophet. When he was asked again about the Lord Jesus in verse 17, they said unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him? 
that he opened thine eyes and he said, he is a prophet. The Lord Jesus at first was just a man. His understanding is beginning to grow and what's happened to him. And he realizes that this is not just a mere man. There must be something special about this man. And the religious leaders, they wouldn't be happy about this at all. And they call the parents in. And I want you to see not just the condition of the blind man, blind from birth, and his begging. I don't want you just to see the confusion of the neighbors who were blinded and they missed the miracle. I don't want you to see just the condemnation of the Pharisees who were so blinded by their religious tradition. But I also want you to see the cowardice of the blind man's parents. The cowardice of his parents. Listen to what it says. They bring in the the, the blind man's parents in verse 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents. The Jews wouldn't even believe the man, so they called the parents in verse 19, and they asked the parents, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How doth he now see? And you see the answer that his parents give. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, and he'll speak for himself. Now listen to these next verses. These are important. These words his parents spoke because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. They were scared about getting put out of the synagogue. And therefore, verse 23, said his parents, he is of age. Ask him. The Pharisees call upon the parents, and they have great fear. And if the Pharisees didn't get the answers that they wanted, the parents were going to be excommunicated from the synagogue. And so when they were questioned in verse 19, their answer is very cautious, very cowardly. They confirm that this is their son. They also confirm that he's born blind, but they're not willing to speak about who healed their son. They were blinded by, from the miracle by their fear of people. Can I ask you, is fear the reason why you're not coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour? What will my family say? What will my friends say? What will my work colleagues say when I go in and say that I've placed my trust in Christ? Oh, dear friend, they might laugh. Dear friend, they might push you. But I plead with you, don't let them walk you into hell. Don't let your fear of man Walk you into a lost eternity. The Bible says this. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The Bible also says this. It's the fear of the Lord that brings wisdom. Can I ask you tonight? Do you have eyes to see? The parents were blinded by their fear of man. We can think of the condition of the blind man. We can think of the confusion of the neighbours. We can think of the condemnation of the Pharisees, these religious men. We can think of the cowardice of the blind man's parents. 
And even after all of these one people seeing the miracle before them, the man who was blind could now see they were still spiritually blind. They could see their whole lives. But they were more blind than this man ever was. And if they had recognized their spiritual blindness, they would have sought forgiveness from the Savior. I wonder, do you recognize your spiritual blindness? I wonder, do you realize and see your spiritual darkness? I wonder, can you see it perhaps like Nicodemus? You're a religious person, but are you saved? Maybe like the woman at the well, you're living in sin and asking, is there a way out of the darkness? Perhaps like Judas, you've enjoyed great privileges, but is Satan controlling your life? You know, the moment Satan entered into Judas, do you know what the Bible says? It says, he went out and it was night. I wonder, is it night in your soul this evening? Will you not open your eyes and allow the glorious light of Christ to flood your soul? Do you have eyes to see? You see, seeing is believing. Opening your eyes, seeing is believing. You know, I want you to finally notice tonight the new condition of the blind man. You see, it's very sad. The Pharisees and the religious leaders in the synagogue wanted nothing more to do with this man. And they throw him out of the synagogue. And in verse 35 in our passage we read these words. It says, The Lord Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when the Lord Jesus had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord? that I might believe in him. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped. The synagogue rejected the man, but Christ received him. And for the first time, his spiritual blindness was lifted and he placed his trust in the light of the world and look at those lovely words as he recognises Christ as the Son of God in verse 38. I think these words are precious. And he said, Lord, I believe. And then he does the only appropriate thing for someone who has placed their trust in Christ. Look at the words. And he worshipped him. Dear friend, do you believe? The Light of the World is the title of a famous picture by Holman Hunt. And the artist pictures Christ, thorn-crowned, carrying a lantern in his left hand and knocking at a closed door. And it's said after completing this painting, the artist showed it to some of his friends who praised it, but one said this, You've no handle on the door. And Holman Hunt immediately replied, you forget that the handle's on the inside. Today, Christ knocks at the door of your life. And he's able to dispel your darkness and bring light and life and love. To refuse his entrance is to continue in spiritual darkness here. And then to enter into eternal darkness when you die. And hell is no joke. The Bible calls it outer darkness. And the choice is yours tonight. The time is now, and the question is crucial. What will you do with Jesus? 
which is called Christ. Do you have eyes to see? Let's pray together. Our God and our Father, truly these are solemn moments in our meeting tonight. For Father, we have heard from thy precious word. And Father, we have considered the wonderful and beautiful Saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who went to the cross of Calvary, shed his precious blood, rose again defeating death, who said of, of himself, I am the light of the world. And Father, we pray that this very night that some soul would open their blind eyes, that by your spirit you would move, that you, convict, you would convict, and that you would save. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God will work in hearts, Father, I pray that you will give sleepless nights, if that's what it takes. For, Father, what is a sleepless night in comparison to all eternity? Lord, give us reason to rejoice with the angels in heaven tonight. We plead with you that you will see it. We ask this in the Saviour's name. Amen.